0: Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. All right, hi everyone and welcome back to another episode. Um, I've got Mike here to speak to us all about investing which is going to be really interesting and I'm excited to break this down and add some value to you that you might not otherwise would have had. So Mike, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you and thanks for having me on. No worries at all. I'm very excited to have you on. So um, do you want to tell us maybe a bit about yourself, what you do day to day, um, what InvestNow is and how that's going.
1: Sure, Um, so Mike Heath, uh, General Manager of InvestNow. InvestNow is an online investment uh, platform and service for, for, I suppose, self-directed Kiwis. So Kiwis who want to build up an investment portfolio, but they don't need or want to use a middleman. So it's a self-service platform. Uh, we're three years old um, as of March, and we offer access to uh, managed funds. So they're from both New Zealand and Australian, and um, actually global fund managers, and also bank term deposits. So you can you can invest in a term deposit through us, um, but you don't need to have an account with the bank. You just have an account with us. So. It's a proposition um, on removing the barriers that for people who want to get in and start building their own investment portfolio, which we actively try and remove the barriers and that could be price. So we don't charge for our service. Our service is free to our customers. We make funds available and accessible that may not normally be available, um, certainly in the small amounts that people um, have to invest um, in order to invest in them through us. And so we just try and break that all down. We remove the need for a middleman and an advisor. You can get in there and manage your portfolio. So that's what we're all about. It's about empowering investors um, to essentially secure their financial future.
0: And so obviously these days things are a little bit different. How has um, the effects of COVID nineteen come into invest now? And your like personal life day to day? I'm sure you guys are all working from home and
1: yeah, look, we are. So we, we're working remotely. Um, we're spread. We're, we're into Wellington, a Wellington based business. So we're spread all over the all over Wellington. We've got one guy who's actually works for us out of Tauranga, so he's always worked remotely. It's something we've done before um, over over time just to prove we can, so we, we knew we always could. But it does, I suppose it takes a bit of time getting used to those, um, the, I suppose the isolation of not having those sort of social dynamics that are going in and around you. But, yeah, look, um, we, we, we're getting used to it, and it's fine. So we're it's business as usual. <clears throat> um, investment services and financial services are deemed to be an essential service so we are fully operational so in that respect it's business as usual and because everything we do both in terms of what we use in the office in terms of our own tools but also our customer solution and our platform everything's in the cloud so yeah we could we can at a moment's notice um, operate Literally anywhere in the world, to be honest, all we need is power and access to the internet, and and um, we're we're away, as are our customers. So, um, yeah, in terms of the first question, Sarah. So, with regards to COVID, look, it's really interesting. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, and more importantly, a lot of volatility. So things are changing almost on a daily basis. You just have to look at the you know, the global share market, for example, and some of the key indices. They're up and down almost on a daily basis, so that does drive a lot of um, a lot of anxiety, I suppose, or um, uh, it stimulates customers to get probably a little bit more engaged where they may not have been previously. Our customer base, we surveyed them sort of 18 months ago and asked them, what would you do in an event like this? How would you respond and react? And what they all said to us was, one, they would sit there and just ride it out, because the the, the, the the products you can invest with us, so particularly managed funds, they're a long-term investment. They're a sort of five to ten year plus horizon. You, you, they're not a day trading in and out type sort of profit making um, investment, and. People that invest in managed funds for longer term purposes, so be it retirement, or it could be for younger people looking for you know first house, first home, and what have you. So they, a lot of them said, well, the majority, vast majority said they would just ride it out because they know there's volatility in managed funds because managed funds are just um, a, a pooled investment. So they are where you have you know tens or thousands of people have come together investing in a product called a managed fund. And that managed fund is managed by a fund manager. And they, in turn, are investing underlying shares. So it's like a basket of shares that you're, you're investing in. And so our customers understand volatility and things go up and down. So they'll ride it out. The other group um, also, the other, sorry, the other question answer they gave us was that they see it as an opportunity to buy. Once again, you know, expecting that historically, you know, over time, shares do appreciate in value and have appreciated in value. So maybe now's a cheap time to buy. So that's what we asked them 18 months ago. Um, now they're into that scenario and they are behaving as we expected. So people are still investing on our platform on a daily basis. Um, the platform continues to grow in terms of customers. We, you know, this month we will sign, um, sorry, March, we've just signed up almost 2000 new customers, which is a record for us. Wow. Um, so at a time where you may think people would be sitting on their hands and are anxious, yeah, it's been a stimulus, I think, for people to be thinking about investing. Yeah. So, yeah, so our, our our business is growing and it's going from strength to strength. And that is, I think, is reflects the nature of the customers that we have.
0: Yeah, completely. And it's interesting that you say you've gained so many people. I mean, obviously, people are starting to realize that they don't need to keep their head in the sand. They can start um, investing, I guess. And yes, that's really cool yes. to see that you have. Um, increased numbers yeah um, so I suppose with with our listeners most of them wouldn't consider themselves to be the investor I mean no. we would all have KiwiSaver yeah um, but even then people aren't 100% sure on that do you think that that second group who you were speaking about who would like to um, invest their money and say this is a chance to buy do you yeah. think that this is a good time to start investing for someone who hasn't done that before and wants to get into it
1: Look, I think it's almost irrespective of when, when you um, choose to get involved in investing. that the, the most important thing is to really understand your own risk appetite. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that comes back to, you know, are you comfortable with investing in something that may be quite volatile and it can go up and down over time? So that's, that's, that's the most fundamental thing to ask yourself. That said, you know, like if you look at our platform, there's 130 different managed funds that you can choose from, and some of uh, what are deemed to be low risk or lower risk. So that's um, investing in sort of fixed income, fixed interest type funds or uh, cash type funds, versus the high risk, which is your global equity. So, so whilst now there's a lot of lot going on in our world. In this space, the most important thing at any time is decide what's what is your risk appetite. That's 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 the first thing you really need to decide. And then it's then about doing your homework and just and then kind of going, right, I know what sort of what sort of investor I am. We have we on our site, we utilize the sorted investor calculator. So that's a very simple, I think it's eight or nine questions that you answer, and it'll come out and say. Yep, look, you're a growth investor. No, you're balanced. You're a little bit middle of the road uh, or you're a conservative investor. So using tools like that will help you you on that journey because that's really, really important. And then after that, it's, okay, I know what my risk appetite is. Let me find some investments that are aligned to that risk appetite.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's really important that you brought up the Sorted tool as well, because that website has a whole lot of tools in general, but that would be a really good one for those who don't have no idea what their risk appetite would be It um, might give you a good idea of it. And so I guess bringing it back now a little bit, for the people who are really new, what like what is investing? Are we buying into a company? What are shares and how does that all work?
1: Sure. <clears throat> so if I talk specifically in the context of what we offer, um, so we offer managed funds and bank term deposits. I'll talk about the latter first. So bank term deposits, it's a, it's a very homogenous and, and vanilla product that's used by you know, Kiwis. Um, there's somewhere around about $180 billion invested in bank term deposits across the country, and that's a very simple proposition where you deposit money with the bank for a fixed term. You know, the bank will give you a, a set interest rate, at, and so we, we offer those. But with regards to managed funds, what a managed fund is, it's almost like uh, if you had a share club, so there was a a bunch of people that were pooling their money to invest in a range of shares or a basket of shares, um, that's what a managed fund is like. The difference in this case is that there's a fund manager who's making the investment decisions for you. So you may decide that I want to invest in New Zealand shares. But I don't actually want to manage um, down to an individual share, what share I'm buying, um, how often, how much, and if I'm changing my own portfolio. But I know I want to have some exposure to the New Zealand share market. So a managed fund is an option for you because you can buy a managed fund. Which does all that investing for you. So you you invest in a fund that invests in New Zealand share market. So the AMP New Zealand share fund, for example, and then AMP Capital are making the investment decisions, i.e., what individual shares are inside that basket or that pooled investment. Um, and then going to the up, you know, going down, going to more detail. Then the share is a unit of ownership. So if you buy a share in a company, you are one of the owners of that company. And what it entitles you to is is a number of things. Um, There's an opportunity to make capital gain, um, and that's simply through the value of that share increasing. Um, And it's your classic supply and demand. If more people want to buy a share because they see value in the company and the prospects for the company, then the share price is going to go up. And if you hold that today, there's a capital gain opportunity for you there. There's also an income dimension to shares, and the same happens with managed funds. Both these principles in terms of you know, uh, capital gain uh, or increase in the value of your holdings and, and income because in a share, um, income comes in the form of dividends. So some shares pay dividends, so you can invest in, a, in some shares and that will generate an income for you. So a share is a unit of ownership. You own, it's like imagine a house and it's got a you know it's got a thousand bricks in it, and everybody bought one of those bricks before the house was built. So that's what a share is. You own part of a company, and as that house increases in value over time due to supply and demand, the value of your brick goes up. Your proportionate value of your brick goes up um, over time. So that's what a share is, and then you step back. have a managed fund which is a pool of shares but it's managed by an investment professional when a managed fund is is created i suppose the best way to describe it is there's a strategy and there's an objective so the fund manager will say right this is what we aim to achieve for our investors from this fund it could be we want to outperform a stock market index or we want to track a stock market index and that's there's a definition there where people talk about something that's actively managed or passively managed. They may say, right, we might want to outperform the New Zealand top 50 by 5%. So they'll actively manage the funds in that, the shares rather, the investments in that managed fund to try and generate a return for you, the unit holder of that fund,
0: awesome perfect that was a really good um description and so when you spoke before about people needing to sort of understand what their risk appetite is before going into investing what are some other things that you would recommend them to do to research and I suppose prepare themselves to invest
1: if, if you have the access to um, to personal advice and from a financial you know expert and advisor we certainly recommend it um, is, you know that's the, the, the financial advisors are experts in this space you can sit down and have a conversation with them where they can really understand who and what you are what what you're saving for what time horizon what you know what's the purpose etc you know where do you want to end up at the end how much do you want you know your investment to be etc so there's absolutely no doubt that you know getting advice from a financial advisor is certainly um, an important um, thing for you to consider to seriously consider when you're starting off on this journey um, there's also, you know, there are, you know, I, I remember from a former life when I was running um, uh, Rabo Direct, which was the online bank from from Rabobank. You know, we surveyed our customers, and it was clear, you know, the number one place they got advice from was friends and family, um, and I think that's common in a lot of things that we do, and I think it's probably the first place we look to. But you have to remember that. You know the person you're talking to isn't necessarily an expert. They may have some experience, but you need to take that into consideration. So, if you can secure some financial advice from an advisor, certainly worth doing. Um, there's plenty of information and, and resources online and forums online where you can understand the fundamentals and the basics around investing. Um, there's there's platforms or channels like Reddit and the personal finance um, channel on there gets you know there's a lot of engaged people. Who are very open and willing to share their advice and their information, but once again, you just have to be aware of that you're not necessarily necessarily talking to an expert.
0: Mm, yeah, one hundred percent. And and do you think for people who are starting out, there's a minimum or a maximum they should be investing?
1: It's it's a function of um, how much you can afford to invest, how like how much discretionary money you've got. Um, you know what sort of time frame? I think I think the important thing, Sarah, I suppose. The, Best uh, better answer to that question is actually to at least start, and it doesn't matter if you start small or big, but just start on that journey. Because if you the, the earlier start, the you know the, you know, the, the more experience you become and the more you'll learn. But also at the same time, o- over time your personal circumstances t- will change, and as you go through various stages of life, there's different demands on your money or there's Different amounts of disposable income you've got available. So I think start early, get get involved, start to learn, um, and then as you either, as you become more confident, more knowledgeable, and have tapped into some you know some good resources, then consider you know investing more. So yeah, it's, it's it comes down to your affordability relative to everything else you've got to do with your discretionary income.
0: Cool. And how would InvestNow be as a platform for a starting investor, and how would that work? It's it's
1: really simple, and that's what, as I, as I say said previously. For us, it's about just breaking down barriers. So, um, to open up an account with us, it's you know probably takes five or six minutes. Um, you literally all you need to have at hand is your either your New Zealand driver's license or your passport, and we can. Uh, verify your identity and address all online so it's very quick to open up an account there's no cost even if there's no money in your account we don't there's no fees so it doesn't cost you anything to have it there and then what we've done is we we want to make it affordable or accessible so if you um, want to buy a single fund as a one-off purchase the investment is 250 dollars now in some cases, those same funds, if you wanted to buy them directly through either an advisor or, a, or the fund manager themselves, you have to pay thousands if not tens of thousands as a minimum, whereas we've set that minimum of 250 to make it accessible. Um, but you can buy as often or as infrequently as you like. So you can do a 250 purchase today in one fund and not do anything ever again or not for another six months. So there's no no ongoing commitment for one-off purchases however if you um we there is a, another alternative whereby if you set up what we call a regular investment plan whereby you are making investments uh, on a, a regular interval the minimum there is $50 for each fund each time now <clears throat> you can set that that frequency it could be as as frequent as weekly or it could be once every six months. So once again, it's fifty dollars every six months. So from an, from an affordability perspective, that, that makes it more attainable, and that's what we've been trying to do is just to, to make it make it accessible is the thing for us. We want to make sure people can do what they want to be able to do, um, given their own personal circumstances around um, uh, you know available cash, knowledge, risk, etc.
0: Hmm yeah that's really awesome and definitely would be good for someone who just is wanting to start out and it's really good that you guys don't have any fees either
1: mm, yes yeah look, let's just say we're we keen to make that accessible i mean the other area where we're seeing we do see a lot of demand and daily you know people are opening up you know, may not necessarily apply to your audience but um you know children's accounts and things like as part of getting on this journey um i think now is the time or well, certainly when we launched 3 years ago it was the right time for us as well as far as this, New Zealand was concerned because if you think about it now you know KiwiSaver is 10 years old so those that have been in it since inception so been in the workforce for the last 10 years and everyone since then they've always seen you know they've had an exposure to investing through KiwiSaver now they may not uh, fully understood it or be fully engaged but over time and we're seeing this now after 10 years People's KiwiSaver balances are material amounts of money, and that in turn is proving to be a stimulus for them to actually stop and think about what it is they're doing with KiwiSaver. Who are they investing with? Is it a default provider, or have they chosen one? If so, what sort of risk profile? So, um, you know, it's 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 one of those things. It's about getting getting involved as, as soon as you can, as, as soon as you can afford. And, and, and then starting to learn uh, that journey.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. And and would you have any advice from throughout your career for an, a novice investor or someone just starting out? Uh,
1: as I say, I think do your homework. You know, talk, if you can find an expert, talk to an expert. Um, it comes back to those core principles around you know around your risk appetite, um, and, and and start and start to learn. As I say. but if you can get get some, if you can get some advice from someone who's qualified um, and knowledgeable enough that you trust, then uh, that's absolutely a, a key way to go into to go into this.
0: Cool. I think I'll end it there because that was all some really good advice and probably for those of you who have never heard or don't know much about investing, there's probably a lot for you to take in. Thank you so much for that, Mike. That was really a really good overview and I'm sure everyone will appreciate that and would have learned something extremely valuable.
1: Fantastic. Look, always happy anytime. Give me a yell, always happy to chat.